What is up, everyone? This is Hater Radio. My name is Chris McLean. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, yesterday was a lot of big games. Sorry, I'm finishing my protein bar. In between town hall, I did with my uh, union just a little bit ago. And, uh, you know, jumping into this. Um, got a full schedule. I had a meeting yesterday that was like six hours long before I went to the San Diego State-UCLA game, which I will talk about more, but I just want to say at first, what a beautiful stadium. If you ever get a chance to go to a game there, you should. It's arguably one of the nicest stadiums I've ever been to and probably the nicest college football stadium you'll ever go to. Uh, very similar to the stadium in San Diego, Petco Park, uh, the baseball stadium for the Padres. So if you ever get a chance, you should go because it's a phenomenal stadium. A lot of great uh, vendors, uh, just a great layout the way there's a lot of great sight lines. Um, it's really not a bad seat in the house. Uh, I had talked to someone there that it might be uh, potential if they build uh, up with the stadium, that they build more seats, that they could potentially get it up to like 50,000 seats, which would be remarkable, which is a nice size stadium. And then you never know, maybe get something else big in there besides just the, the San Diego State, uh, Aztecs football team, and I believe – they have the women's soccer league team there and potentially a, an MLS team too. But regardless, let's get into week two. Uh, it was a very great uh, day of action. I tried to review it all. I couldn't get to everything because of, like I said, I had all these meetings, so I didn't get a chance to get to every single game that we put uh, in our highlight for this week. So the first game I wanted to talk about is the Illinois-Kansas game. Um, you know, Kansas – had control of this game pretty much throughout the whole thing. Uh, Daniels, the quarterback for Kansas, looked awesome, you know, right where he was at last year. Um, they had a, a back-breaking uh, touchdown at the end of the half that pretty much uh, – uh, plus a field goal to start at the third quarter, so that double-dipping, that, like, um, you know, getting a, getting a score before the end of the half and then scoring right at the beginning of the half, getting the ball back – is a huge backbreaker as far as the rest of the game. Uh, you know, Kansas was in control of that game for the most part, and they ended up winning 34-22 or 23. Um, some other games that we highlighted, uh, I really was excited about this one, the Baylor-Utah, because I wanted to see what Utah looked like um, after that uh, uh, win against Florida in the first week. Utah wins in a close one. Uh, really close game at the end. Uh, Utah wins 20 to 13. They had to score at the end of the game really uh, to take that one over. But um, remarkable win considering they're, they're still without Cam Rising. Um, and they, uh, you know, Johnson, the quarterback, the technically the fourth string quarterback, came in uh, for Barnes, the, the third string quarterback, and did quite well. Uh, they forced some key turnovers. Um, and, and especially at the end of the game. So they get the win there, uh, 20 to 13. Uh, Colorado, Nebraska, what can I say? Turnovers really killed Nebraska early, really like prevented them from getting uh, any momentum there going. They were moving the ball, but not able to uh, uh, punch those in because of the turnovers. Colorado was in control, uh, even though despite that. And I don't think Nebraska is very good, but this – now lends itself to uh, Colorado 
has got a lot of momentum coming into next week going against Colorado State. Their schedule gets a lot harder after that. Um, but uh, Colorado won that game uh, 36-14. So, you know, Shador Sanders looked really good at a lot of yardage. Again, I don't think Nebraska is very good. So it's like it's really a struggle there to see um, how much – how good they're going to be going up against the better Pac-12 teams. Because now the Pac-12, I believe, as of today, has eight ranked teams, which is remarkable considering that, uh, you know, Pac-12 is – this is the last year. This is the last dance. So, okay. So uh, going into uh, the next game, which is the – I had the Wake Forest-Vanderbilt game. Not that much of an interesting game. Vanderbilt was, like, all right in it. But I would say that uh, Wake Forest – Looks steady. Um, they definitely have the potential to knock off Florida State, which I think is in the future for them. The game is in Wake Forest for that Florida State game, so potential there. Um, moving forward, uh, Iowa State, Iowa. Um, you know, this is one of those games, old school, low scoring. Um, defense makes a lot of plays. Uh, there was a pick six that was the difference in the game. Um, you know, I don't think much of Iowa. I never really have because their offense is so putrid, especially the last couple of years. But, um, you know, the defense is strong and they can keep them in games. So they could go, I don't know, I guess eight and four, nine and three. Um, one of the games of the day I thought was the Miami Texas AM game. What a game. I mean, just remarkable game back and forth. Uh, Texas AM had a lead uh, in the first quarter, they were up 10 nothing. And then Miami just put it to him. Tyler Van Dyke had a huge day, um, put up a lot of points. They win 48-33. Um, the game was a little bit closer uh, than the final score probably shows, but definitely a really good game. Uh, you know, Miami, you know, I thought they were left for dead after last year and that Mario Cristobal would be in trouble. He had a really good recruiting class uh, to finalize last year. Um, but then coming into this year, recruiting was kind of lacking. It still is kind of subpar to what it was last year because last year was a top five class, depending on the recruiting service ranking. But um, this year, uh, you know, uh, they 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 got an easy game to start off with, and then it's like this big game like they had last year with Texas A&M. So it's the 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 the, the one and one here, one home and one one away, and uh, you know. Miami looked good, and, you know, it sets up for the rest of the year, and it may help him with recruiting. And Mario, you never know. I mean, this could be at least an 8-4, and 9-3 team. They play Florida State. They play some other good teams like Clemson. So there's going to be a challenge on their schedule. Um, the goal for Florida State and Miami is both getting to the ACC championship game, which is attainable for both of them. I, I like Florida State's chances better because they have an easier schedule because I think Miami has to play North Carolina as well, which is a tougher task um, considering uh, Florida State schedule. Okay, so moving on, uh, Tulane Ole Miss. Interesting game because, you know, you know these two don't play each other a lot, even though they're right next to each other. Uh, Ole Miss ends up winning 37-20, but it was a lot closer than that score uh, shows. Uh, Pratt didn't play for Tulane. Which, would have, which is a shame because if he had played, that game might have been a lot closer, even though it was close anyways. But Tulane was was up, regardless of him being there, 17-7. to 7, And uh, 
Judkins for Ole Miss, man, the guy is a stud and uh, will definitely be playing on Sundays. Um, uh, the fourth down call by uh, uh, Kiffin to go for it with four minutes to go, you know, huge because it was at that point, the game was still close. If they don't get it, you know, Tulane's got all the momentum and then can take the chance to, to get the win out right there if they get the ball back. But not only do they convert the first down, but then they get the touchdown right, you know, subsequent with the, the conversion. And so that was pretty much it. They, they had a, a, a late field goal, 56 yarder, which is a huge field goal for a college kicker goes in. And then there was a, a, a fat guy TD at the end to widen the score. So good victory by Ole Miss. Um, you know, again, being an SEC West team, your schedule is very tough regardless of your non-con and their non-conference schedule here with Tulane is a is quite a remarkable game considering how well Tulane has played the last couple of years and you know specifically last year. Uh, moving on to NC State Notre Dame, you know I've been talking about Notre Dame all year, and you know Notre Dame is definitely a team to watch, potential playoff team. Sam Hartman, potential Heisman candidate, maybe even potential winner. Um, so. He is the truth, man. The kid is a stud. He's just been a difference maker for Notre Dame. He takes Notre Dame from a top 10 team to like top four, maybe even potential national championship caliber team. So that is the difference between that roster last couple of years until now. They have not had the level of quarterback play uh, Notre Dame has since, I don't know, ever in my lifetime. This is This is top tier stuff right here. And I love Sam Hartman. I think he's a stud, and I think he's going to be great for them. Uh, estimate for their uh, their running back, uh, for their running game. But, man, he's a stud. Huge guy, like very uh, uh, large guys, like 240, 235, something like that. Runs the rock well, you know, just a force of nature. Um, they also had a bunch of interceptions, pretty much changed the game. Uh, they ended up winning the game. I believe 45-24, so solid victory for Notre Dame. Um, you would like to see a better performance from the defense, but Brendan Armstrong for NC State is a solid quarterback and uh, led a good attack there and was um, you know, able to move the ball somewhat regardless of the turnover. So uh, moving on to uh, – I didn't see the UTSA, Texas State, or Washington, Tulsa stuff. So I didn't, I didn't, I'm not going to be able to talk about that. Uh, UNC App State back and forth game, much like last year. Last year was a very close game, even to the very end. This year, same. They went into overtime. Uh, Drake May is able to get the score at the end in the double overtime. And then they forced the stop and, you know, they get the win. And so North Carolina continues to win. That's another team in the ACC. Look out for them. Uh, they're a potential uh, ACC championship level team. Uh, and, and like I said, Drake May is a stud. Um, he hasn't put up crazy big numbers yet, but I anticipate that with some of the lower level games he'll play, he'll get up some huge numbers there. Uh, Oklahoma SMU didn't watch or Pitt Cincinnati didn't pay attention to you. I apologize. I just didn't have enough time this week. Uh, Alabama, Texas, I did watch the highlights of, man, what a amazing game. And I was paying attention to that on my phone the whole time too, back and forth. Um, you know, I will say, Jalen Milrow, I'm not the biggest fan of. Yes, he's an extremely uh, talented athlete, 
and he is extremely athletic and can run the ball uh, tremendously. I just think his uh, inaccuracy is going to be the uh, trouble here for Alabama going forward. They struggled in this game because of it. Um, he was barely over 50% passing, had two interceptions. Uh, but uh, Texas gets the win. Uh, Quinn Ewers looked great. Uh, that's a potential Heisman t- uh, candidate right there. Um, you know, going forward, Texas has a huge leg up for the rest of the season. This was a huge stepping stone for Texas. Um, last year, they struggled in the game to put up points, largely because Quinn Ewers was out and they had their backup in. This year, he was in the whole game, was throwing dimes just all over the place. Just tremendous uh, effort from him and uh, to give them the win. Um you know, he put up uh, – let's see, I'm trying to find the stats here. He put up three, 349 yards with three TDs, 24 of 38. Just a tremendous game in a big, uh, big-time setting into in uh, Alabama or in uh, Bryce – Bryce Denny Stu- – I can't remember the name of it. In Tuscaloosa, there you go. So, uh, you know, great game from them. We'll see how they do the rest of the year, uh, but look out for them for the Big 12 uh, championship uh, uh, potential to get into the, the championship game there. Um, as far as other games, Texas Tech, Oregon, interesting game, back and forth. You know, Oregon played well. You know, uh, Bo Nix did remarkably well in this game. They uh, they scored. that They hit that field goal at the end. Texas Tech had an opportunity to try to score, but they couldn't. And Oregon wins, you know, in a very close game. And, uh, you know, Oregon's a sneaky good team that, you know, is not getting a lot of pub because they're the 13th ranked team right now. But, you know, a 38-30 victory over solid Texas Tech team on the road is a very good victory. Um, Boise State UCF, I just saw the ending. I didn't get the whole highlight package. Uh, Very low-scoring game, but uh, UCF wins. And UCF wins, I believe, by two points because they were down uh, by one. And uh, uh, John Rice Plumley took a nasty hit at the end of the game. I feel bad for him because it looked it looked really bad. I, I hopefully he'll be all right. Uh, but uh, uh, Boise State, you know, had their chance. They scored a touchdown late, but UCF comes back, marches down the field, and hits that field goal. So UCF continues their. Uh, they're winning ways and uh, they're two and zero on the year. Actually, yeah, two and zero. And then uh, USF FAMU. Um, I watched the whole entire uh, replay on uh, on the on on YouTube. You know that quarterback for FAMU Massa is very good. So do not uh, discredit that FAMU team because they've got a lot of. Uh, good moving parts on their offense, and they're very efficient. Uh, Massa can put them put the ball in uh, perfect places for his receivers. They were able to move the ball. They they turned it over a bunch, so that was a big trouble there. So they weren't able to actually uh, capitalize on some of those uh, offensive drives. There was a lot of penalties both sides. I think at one point um, in the game for USF, I think it was near the end of the third quarter, they had like 13 penalties, which is ridiculous. That's a ton of penalties. It is a new regime, so there should be potential of that being a problem. Hopefully he can fix that out. Um, but Alex Golish gets the win in his first ever home game at USF. The defense 
for USF was stronger here um, than I. It was, it it was I would say a decent effort, considering that um, that uh, the the offense that they were playing up against. You know, yes, FAMU is an FCS team, but they still had uh, a decent enough offense to move the ball. They should have probably done better on offense, uh, USF, but they struggled to uh, take advantage of certain things. Um, you know, they, they, they were not accurate. Uh, Brown was not totally – Byron Brown was not totally accurate in his uh, passing attack. Um, but regardless, they get the win. It's the first win in almost a year. Um, now they're on to Bama next week, so we'll see how they do. Um, uh, Ian's notes – from uh, from the game are play calling was very pedestrian, but the talent of Brown in the offense was able to win the game. Yes, which much, much like I thought, it was more USF had better talent than maybe played a better game, and that could be true. And as it should not have been within one score for a majority of the game, which it was, it was within a score of the game, uh, majority of the game. But they, they ended up pulling away late. Um, I don't know. It's it's tough. You know, you're playing these FCS teams. You want to be able to dominate them and put them out of their misery. But then again, uh, FAMU is one of the better FCS teams, so they're likely more like a lower-tier FBS team. So it's not that terrible to have played the way they did. Getting the win, honestly, is huge, considering the news of Friday where the Board of Trustees uh, voted to approve the funding for the stadium. So that's huge. There is in the works of getting the new stadium on campus. And, you know, that'll be a huge difference maker for the program going forward. Um, so uh, moving on to Florida. Um, there's my Florida lights. Uh, Florida beats McNeese State. Um, you know, again, this is this is a, a bad FCS team, so they should dominate. They won 49-7 to with uh, McNeese only scoring off of a late turnover near their end zone that they were able to capitalize in. Uh, but, no, the run game looked very good. Defense was nearly perfect, like I said, outside of that late touchdown. And uh, they even got a safety, so technically they almost outscored uh, McNeese 2, two to nothing, but they the late TD. Um Ricky Purcell put up a big game. Uh, he had, uh, I believe, nearly 100 yards or maybe over, and he had a long TD there set up by uh, Graham Mertz on the long throw. Mertz was efficient, uh, effective. The run game, like I said, was great. So it sets up well for next week against Tennessee, and we'll talk about that coming up on Wednesday. But, you know, having a tough game like Utah was really um, – it sucks because it's like – Normally, most of the rest of the teams in the country had a layup game the first week. So it's easy to, you know, get out some of the kinks and, you know, prepare a little better, see what things are happening. And, you know, it just wasn't in in the cards. You know, they had to play a tougher game. But you know what? It's a loss. It's not the end of the world because even if they, uh, um, you know, they're probably not going to be a playoff team. But, you know, they have an outside chance of getting in the SEC championship game. So they just need to keep winning those games, which they haven't even started playing SEC games yet, which they have the potential to uh, get in that game if they keep 
uh, keep up a good wing streak here. You know, obviously one and one, it's not the end of the world here. You know, they uh, they struggled, you know, at Utah, but they looked a lot better against McNeese State. You know, take it with a grain of salt because of the fact that they're playing, um, you know, a terrible team that it's just it is what it is. But look forward, like I said, to Tennessee next week, and we'll see how they do. Uh, uh, Ian's uh, thoughts, um, the offensive line and run game really rebounded. The passing game wasn't overly great, but the dump-out options were very effective. All around, great game and stuff to build on for next week. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on. Okay, so last couple of games here, I got Washington State, Wisconsin. I don't, I didn't watch the results of that. But uh, I know Washington State won that. So tough start for Luke Fickle there. So we'll see how he does the rest of the year. I don't envision Wisconsin having a great year considering this result. The game I went to, San Diego State and UCLA. Uh, UCLA looked phenomenal. Um, Dante Moore is a huge star uh, uh just showing glimpses now, but he's going to be, I mean, he's an 18 year old freshman who just looked amazing in this game, had at least two touchdowns and, and one like amazing long touchdown. That was just perfect throw. I mean, the guy was wide open, but still, I mean, it's just, it, the kid is just a stud and he's going to be great for years to come. I mean, he's got at least after this year, two more years. Um, I'm excited for UCLA's future. There's a lot to look forward to. The run game looked great. Uh, Steele, their running back, phenomenal. Just instead of a running back, the defense looked great. Stuffed them uh, on a lot of opportunities, uh, you know, forced punts, and, you know, just a great game all around for UCLA. I'm surprised they're not getting enough pub because, again, they're a West Coast team, so they don't get as much um, credit for what they do well. And they're a very good team. And now that Moore is – solidified himself as the starter look out for this team going forward i mean they have a ton of tough games like the rest of their schedule is just a murderer's row of the pac-12 teams but you know if they can survive you know and just take a, a loss or two you know they can get to 10 and 2 and i really believe this team is capable of that okay moving on usc stanford i almost went to this game as well um i knew both games would be blowouts i wanted to go to uh the USC uh, UCLA uh, San Diego State game because I wanted to go to the stadium, like I said, which was remarkable, a lot of fun, and great place to go see a game. And I took a lot of video, and I'm actually going to show that to um, uh, someone I follow, uh, Robert Stieg from uh, USF, and uh, I'll show him uh, some of the highlights I had there. But I'm going to put that together first on Premiere before I show show anything. Uh, but on to USC Stanford. Uh, just a blowout. USC, man, looking great. This game was not – there was not a single close element to this game except for 0-0. Zero, zero. And they win 56-10. to 10. Just, dude, uh, Zachariah Branch looks amazing. Another punt return for a touchdown. Caleb Williams, what can I say? Heisman winner last year, already looking like the front runner, and it's not even close. He's putting up huge numbers every game, close to 300 yards almost every game, and – multiple TDs every game. He's just phenomenal. Number one pick. Just if he stays healthy, he's going to win. There's like no doubt in my mind at this point right now. Um, defense looked better, especially against 
Stanford, but Stanford may be uh, not that great of a team this year. It's they're trending down very badly. So I'm guessing they're going to have a really tough year and it's a great victory for USC. Good start for the PAC 12 uh, conference schedule, but we'll see the schedule gets tougher as we go. Like I said, the first five games are really easy. And then once it hits Notre Dame in South Bend, it's a completely different story. So right now it's easy. They're going to rest up, enjoy these victories. But when it comes Notre Dame, it's on for the rest of the year. They don't have an easy game after that. So it's good for right now, but they need to really uh, prepare for those coming weeks when it's going to get really tough. Okay. um, Last couple of games, uh, Cal Auburn, um, you know, close game. Auburn wins 14-13. They're scoring a late TD. Cal, they both look kind of rough. Cal's not a very good team. Auburn's probably not a really good team either. You know, Auburn coming off two years of like five and seven, six and six years or whatever they were before they fired Brian Harson. Um, but uh, Hugh Freeze looking to see if he can turn things around. It's going to take a while. We'll see. Um, but good victory coming to California on the road late. The game was like, I don't know, eight. 7.30, 8 o'clock my time, which is almost like 11, 11, 11, uh, 10.30, 11 East Coast time. So almost nobody watched the game. But it was definitely uh, a good victory for Auburn because, you know, this can propel them for the rest of the year. And potentially because in, in like two weeks, two or three weeks, they play Georgia. So it's setting them up uh, to potentially get some uh, um, momentum into that game. I don't like their chances after watching this game of them beating Georgia, but we will see. Uh, it's in uh, it's in Auburn at the plane, so maybe they'll have something there for them, but who knows. And Hugh Freeze is a hell of an offensive mind. Maybe he'll think of something. Up front. Um, last game, Arizona State, uh, Oklahoma State. Um, close game. Uh, Oklahoma State takes it near the end there. Um, Jalen, uh, Jaden Rashada looked all right. I mean, he had some good passes. Nothing crazy, but, uh, you know, I um, I don't know how much I, I like this Oklahoma State team. Uh, they're definitely um, under the radar right now because of Texas and Oklahoma. Um, but I can see them rebounding after last year, after last year's struggle. So we'll see. Uh, so Oklahoma State beats Arizona State. Arizona State, again, it's a team I don't think too high of. I think they're going to go like – at best, five and seven, maybe six and six. Okay, so real quick, we're going to do the um, uh, Heisman uh, or the playoff teams. Ian has for his Heisman or for God, playoff teams, he has USC, Texas outside of the top four. Then he has FSU, four, Ohio State, three, two, Michigan, one, Georgia. Ian, if you're listening to this, I don't know how you have Ohio State there. They looked bad this week. They looked bad last week. They're looking bad against uh, uh, inadequate opponents. So we will see. Um, The rest of those teams I do agree with. I would add what I have in my list is Notre Dame um, in that list. But I have um, USC, Notre Dame, Texas, Michigan as the top four, and then Georgia FSU outside of that. Okay. Uh, Heisman teams or Heisman players, I think I'm going to go with – I got Caleb one, Sam Hartman two – um, 
Jordan Travis had a tough game, so I'm not going to put him there. I think he's gone out of the list right now. And then uh, other players, I think those two are really the best I've seen so far. I like Michael Penix Jr., of course. I've been a huge fan of his. Um, as far as other, Tyler Van Dyke looks pretty good. Shador Sanders, I would say, you know, for these last two weeks, Shador Sanders and Tyler Van Dyke are, are up there right now as far as potential. You know, Bo Nix looked really good as well. Um, Bo Nix had uh, 350, 359 total yards and two TDs. That's a really good day. Um Joe Milton struggled, so he's completely off that list. Um, uh, Jordan Travis, yeah. He had had 175 yards passing against Southern Miss. Yikes. So he's he's gone for now, so we'll see if he comes back. He's going to have to have huge games against big teams. Um, The last thing I want to say – oh, yeah, Penix's numbers – Michael Penix's numbers against Tulsa. They won pretty big. And Penix Jr., 409 passing yards, three TDs. There you go. Right there. Michael Penix Jr., I'm going to have him number three. Uh, Sam Hartman, number two. And then Caleb Williams, number three. So that's the three right now that I have as big teams going forward. So with that being in mind, that is the show. Um, So uh, catch us next week. On Wednesday, or this week technically on Wednesday, uh, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, um, all the formats, YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, also, uh, catch us online at haterradio.com, at hater underscore radio for Twitter um, and Instagram and TikTok, and also haterradio1 at gmail.com for uh, email if you want to email us. Also for YouTube, it is just Hater Radio, uh, just one word, at Hater Radio. If you type that in, it should come right up. Uh, for Facebook, it's Hater Radio CFB. So that is everything. That's the show. I'm Chris McLean. Hopefully Ian will be back on Wednesday. Uh, we'll talk more about these games coming up. I'm looking forward to the Tennessee-Florida game. I wanted to go to this game, but I changed my mind. So Either way, I'm looking forward to it, and there's a bunch of other big games coming up. So we'll see you. Take care.